The risk always is in those cases, though, Pete, is that you can get advocacy lock, you know, because you, you don't want to rattle the cage because you don't want to lose that seat. Um, so, you know, again, hopefully the, the IBA will continue to have a voice speaking out when there are things that they don't like because, you know, we, we have seen other industries where that has happened. Radio Brews News is proudly presented by Cryomalt. With over 25 years in the field, Cryomalt are dedicated to providing the finest brewing ingredients to help brewers create the foundations of a truly excellent beer. They are your premium brewing partner and proud sponsors of Brews News, and in particular, Brews News Week. I'm your host, Pete Mitchum, and joining me is Matt Kierkegaard. G'day, Matt. Good morning, Pete. How are you? I'm well. Have you uh, you've pulled up okay? It's been a fair to say it's been a, a big few days in Brisbane and uh, in Queensland in particular. Big few days for you, probably more so than me. I just had to uh, make sure that you were fed and clothed and gotten down to the uh, uh, judging on time um, because I was keeping the hamster on the wheel back at uh, home base. So I just got to swoop in yesterday and MC the awards and you know take the bow that was probably uh, much more deserving uh, of you. Well, I think both of us can agree that uh, the real winners were uh, were beer and and the brewers what brew them. But uh, really good to see it. Just in a quick wrap up of the Queensland now the Royal Queensland Food and Wine Show Beer Awards, which I think is undergoing a bit of a, a name change and a, a logo redesign. So hopefully it'll be a little bit quicker when we just say the Queensland Beer Awards or something like that. Um, but a great showcase for not just for Queensland breweries because we get a lot of judges who come from interstate and a lot of a handful of beers that are. Um, entered from uh, interstate and you got to as you suggested hosted the um the awards a room full of very expectant people and i would imagine perhaps some surprised winners certainly worthy but um i, 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 I don't know too many brewers that actually you know there were a lot of brewers who were disappointed with their results sometimes but i don't think that there are too many that sort of sit there expecting um, any particular result, but uh, actually more than the, the results, you know, awards are always results. There's always a lot you can sort of talk about. The thing for me, it was great to see the increase in entries, um, which shows that Queensland Brewers particularly, but we had awards as, um, you know, entries as far as Sydney and Perth and, you know, from around the country. Um, but the local brewers are supporting their local awards. And um, it was really good to see the number of people were in the room supporting the industry at the awards. Um, it was one of those things, being involved in it, you, you're a little bit tunnel visioned before everything happens as you're getting your running, you know, um, your, your writing orders and you're talking and focus on what you have to do. And there was a moment, you know, I, I, I entered the room when there was only the organisers and then suddenly I looked up just as I was going on stage and the room was full. Um, you know, there are two, three hundred people, two hundred people, I'd probably say. But it was a really, really well-intended, uh, attended event um, that showed not only the growth in the industry but also, and, and the awards, but the, the, the great support that I think is a very big part of why Queensland is doing so well at the moment. Yeah, and it's certainly it's it's great. And this is and look, I know you're not going to blow your own trumpet, but I'm going to give a shout out to both yourself and to um, one of the RNA councillors. Now, is it Agne, a- Angus Adnam? Angus Adnam has been uh, championing the awards for well over a decade since I first met Angus, and he's it, 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 he's been very passionate about creating awards. And I want to give him a shout out because uh, look, I know everyone everyone's busy, and there are plenty of councillors, and they've all got lots of things to do. But um, Angus. Um, made the time to come over and 
uh, pay a bit of a visit and watch how the how the awards were going and, and give it its give us his support and that with that really meant a lot to us um, to ha- to have his support there but also to be able to sort of thank him for um, for, for pushing to get the Queensland Beer Awards back up and running after a, a bit of a a hiatus, um, and it's great now that the you know the Queensland beer scene, as you and I have often discussed, is sort of punching well above its weight. There's uh, plenty of award-winning breweries we've seen, you know, champion small, medium, large in AIBA and Indies, be you know Queensland breweries, and that's starting to be reflected in the number of venues now who are. Uh, championing uh, craft or independent beer and also you know it's great now that the Queensland public has awards that can focus on uh, you know reflecting the maturity in the market and if I can you know sort of dare to say or deign to say um, as, a, as an outsider looking in and, and being involved with with beer in many aspects I can see looking in that the Queensland beer scene has certainly matured um, exponentially uh, just over the last couple of years. So it was really good to see. You expect with ninety percent, you know, Queensland brewery entries that they're going to that's going to be reflected into the results. But um, there were a couple of very tight calls, um, very close results, uh, and it really does go to show there's a little bit of luck in in getting a a trophy. Uh, looking at the spread of of um, results. Any of the beers that won gold medals and were then, were then eligible for the trophy would have been worthy winners. But it was great to see um, a few small breweries and a few new breweries, Matt, pick up some um, trophy awards. Yeah, and obviously we've got a full list on the site and in, in the program, but it was nice to see look, uh, Maddie and Sharon um, from Moffat Beach get uh, champion brew pub and champion uh, beer of, of show. Um, I mean, just lovely, lovely people. We're very remiss in doing a podcast with those guys well well two things one they're so busy but also their joint is so small um you can hardly fit the brewery and us in there for a podcast <laughs> yeah but we, we need to do it because they're just people that have a you know, they you know there's a bit of a you know craft beer has some mythology um about it you know independent beer you know that it, it, it harkens back to when it was people just getting together and creating something out of nothing and everything the, the, the industry has moved on um, as a whole a little bit and, you know, there are big breweries and there are big businesses that are sort of still, you know, putting on the suit of clothes that the, 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 the really small breweries, you know, the, that, that myth um, of, you know, sort of being bootstrapping little uh, entities. Artisans, but, yep. Yeah, but Matt and, Matt and Sharon are just exactly that. You know, they are a tiny little brewery. They sort of fell into brewing, um, but once they did, they committed to, you know, doing it well. They committed to hospitality. They, you know, Matt um, it attends every training opportunity um, yep. and, you know, networking event that he can to learn. And, you know... Um, they're still tiny, um, but just doing so well. So, so that was one that was you know just warms, you know the, the cockles of your heart. I was just going to say just before we go on to the next one, you and I don't often do the pull the don't you know who I am, but I think in this case, Moffat <laughs> Beach Brewing Co. Matt and Shaz, because I I know they listen to the podcast. I reckon they might owe us a sneaky beer, mm. not because we had anything to do with the. I'm not casting any, you know, but what I'm going to say is. The reason they got their beers in um, on well, just about on time was because they were listening to the podcast. And I noticed on uh, the article in the Crafty Pint, he quoted uh, Matt as saying, um, 
Yeah, I was listening to the Brews News podcast, and when Prof mentioned he was coming up to Brisbane for the awards, I think, oh, we better get our entries in and have a look at you know, when they were supposed to be there. And there was, and, and we bumped into him at uh, at Range Brewing when he just dropped his um, things, <laughs> yeah. his his entries off, and we're thinking, geez, you've left it a bit late, haven't you? And he goes, yeah, look, I thought yeah, it had to be there between Friday, between one and three. And then Shazza said, no, no, the judging's between March the 1st and 3rd. <laughs> That's where the one and three came in. So, oh, and so apparently, like, he had a couple of his beers were still in tank, uncarbonated. So he said, oh, I'm desperately carbonating them, and Shaz is desperately labelling the cans, and we, we got them there in time. He picks up a trophy for the best IPA and a trophy for the best, I think it was the pale ale category. Yep. Pale ale or so, yeah. Moffs. And then, yeah, so, so the Moffs. Yeah, for Moffs Summer Ale, which ended up being uh, judged the uh, the champion beer of the show. Mm. But Matt, it's uh, good news. Just keeps on travelling and and travels north of where you are to the Sunshine Coast. And uh, the boys, your mates. Yeah, look, and it, it, it's it's you don't want to single anybody out because everyone's worthy winners. But it was just really nice to see their Larry um, pick up a gold um, because you know they've been in the attention as a result of the hottest one hundred and people going, who are these guys? Don't know these guys. Um, it's just a popularity contest and. You know, we we've tried their beers over the the, the course of their um, career, and you know they, they've, as with a lot of new breweries, they uh, take a while to dial them in. We both tried the Larry that was entered, and it was a, a cracker, and the judges agreed, and they got gold for it. So it's not just hype; it's not just about popularity. Again, another um, you know brewery that is really focused focusing on lifting their quality game. So, yeah, that, that was nice to see. And also it's a great reflection of why well-run local awards are very important um, because it does give, I guess, a little bit of gravitas to to a beer that, you know, is perhaps seen as, uh, and, you know, it, it's it's literally cartoony. Um, it looks kind of low rent. It looks like it – but it fits in with their, their whole brewing philosophy. But the liquid inside the can has now been judged as being of a gold medal standard. Mm. Uh Judge blind, so I think that's a that's just a, ter- a terrific um, pat on the back for them, and a, a, just a nice. Um, not, what, what's the word I'm looking for, Matt? You know, not a verification, a justification. It's a something occasion. It'll come to me when I'm listening back to this. Vindication. But, um, vindication. That's the one. There we go. Thanks for that. I'm, I'm glad that I'm the one that remembers <laughs> a word for a change. There's. And now for the news. We, we, we do have a big week um, of news and a short post because of some uh, technical gremlins. So uh, we, we might get on um, and talk about the news, hey? The Craft Brewers Conference issues a coronavirus update. Uh, We understand concerns about COVID-19, top of mind for our members, guests and exhibitors who plan to attend the Craft Brewers Conference and Brew Expo America in San Antonio next month, and we would like to take the opportunity to provide you with a few updates and resources. So the Brewers Association, Matt, has, um, they're monitoring the developments of of the outbreak, um, they're in regular contact with uh, the city of San Antonio, and currently we can we're happy to report there are no plans to cancel or reschedule the event. At, at this stage, um, uh, staff that are based in China are apparently not going, and exhibitors that are exclusively based in China. But there are, um, and, and we, we had a stainless steel manufacturer um, comment on our page just to make sure that people knew that there are a whole lot of American-based businesses who get their equipment made in China, but their American sales teams will be there, um, for example. So it's it's interesting. You, you don't want to spread panic because there's enough of that. What is interesting is the impact and the awareness that there is around um, CBC, so or, or, or around coronavirus um, for businesses because 
I'm heading over to um, CBC uh, in April. And you know, I was saying, oh, you know, nothing really to worry about. It's America and it's seven weeks away. But there is a lot of concern about it. And there's a lot of concern around IBD, which we're also covering, which is just in two weeks' time. And, you know, international businesses, as a result of a duty of care to their staff, are being very mindful, you know, calling them travel bans is probably a little bit over the top. Yeah, yep. But yep. they're sort of saying, look, you know, we don't want to, you know, um, a, a lot of flights into Australia transit through um, Asian airports, um, which is one of the areas. And uh, apparently they're sort of saying, look, you know, we don't want to, you know, as a duty of care to our staff, we don't want to sort of put them on a plane and send them into places that have travel restrictions or anything like that. And, you know, it, it's just being mindful um, of it. So... Dare I say, Matt, be alert but not alarmed. Be alert but not alarmed. Wash your hands. Um, Don't pick your nose. Um, And uh, those sorts of things. But it's also, I I think we also need to be really mindful that, again, with with so many brewing businesses, um, you know, involving travel or hospitality, if we have a lack of incoming visitors... um, there are going to be a lot of businesses that hurt. And I was trying to explain it to, to my daughter who was saying, why is everyone, you know, she's heard the medical advice about um, COVID-19 and saying, look, it doesn't sound like it's a killer to, to the extent that the hype is about. But, you know, she's 19. She's never experienced a financial downturn. Um, and economies can, you know, they're pretty robust, but they can also be fairly fragile. And if you've got... A lot of, uh, you know, your economy is based on tourism. Um, then suddenly casual workers can see their hours cut. If casual workers see their hours cut, that can have a big impact, um, uh, you know, through the economy. Um, I was speaking to a good friend of ours, Pete, um, Sharon from The Cheese Pleaser. Um, a little business in the city, um, Caters, you know, lunchtime catering for a lot of businesses in the area. One of the big businesses, and I won't say which, um, has told their staff, you know, if you want to work from home to sort of avoid, you know, public transport and congregation, which seems a little bit over top in Brisbane at the moment, but they've done that. So her lunchtime trade has dropped as a result. Um, You know, and if she's got one casual staff member that goes off, you think of all of the businesses. So don't be alarmed, but be aware. Um... And it, it's one of the things that governments and you know, businesses have to really balance when they're thinking of these things. Exactly. Our next story, Matt, and this is an interesting one. Uh, Lost and Grounded Brewers disagrees with Portman Group finding. And if I can uh, just uh, just get into my flog voice here in an, an English accent. So this was based on a single complaint, Matt, which went like this. I'd like to make a complaint about two beers by Lost and Grounded. I saw them in Waitrose yesterday, 4th of September, and felt that they were likely to be of strong appeal to children, breaching rule 3.2, brackets H, of the code. It sounds, like a, sounds, casual, like, it sounds like a casual observer. I just happen to be, yes, I have no idea what uh, how to go about this, but I do believe that it it breaches code 3.2H. What a load of Subsection anyway, H of the code, yeah. Exactly. Uh, the panel considered that the illustrations of animals on this packaging were prominent, 
and stood out on the muted can design. They considered that the illustration was reminiscent of children's books where animals often behaved with and were illustrated as having human characteristics. They noted the animals were depicted smiling, gripping the scepters, and walking on their hind legs, which the panel still considered to be anthrop anthropomorphic elements. The panel noted that muted storybook designs, such as Peter Rabbit, still appealed to today's children. The company decided not to work with the Portman Group's advisory service to amend their product in uh, line with the panel's ruling. And we should point out, for those who don't know, the Portman Group, it, I guess, is, is similar to ABAC. They're, they're, they're um, industry um, regulation. But they're, they're, they're industry-funded, aren't they? They're in, exactly the same in the as UK. ABAC. They're funded by, I think, nine of the largest drinks the, groups the, in the, 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 the same UK. issues apply, yeah, yeah. So it, all, yeah. all exactly the same. I mean, look, you know, first of all, um, yes, the complaint is completely disingenuous, you know, making out that they just happen to be – they're a professional complainant um, – and, that's, and it's a, a single complaint too, Matt, we should it, point well, out. This isn't like, you know. It's a single complaint, they, but again, that's not really the issue. Um, you know, uh, you, you can sort of have a single victim in a shooting, but, you know, you know, which is a stupid thing to say, but it's the, the fact that there's a single complaint and also the fact that it's a professional complainant um, doesn't, you know, doesn't really matter. Um to, 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 to my way of thinking. Um, and there's there's been a whole big discussion around this, I, I love Lost and Grand. I love their brand. When I was um, over and visited the brewery, I was really taken because each of the can labels is part of a much bigger pastiche. So they, they, so when you look at them all, if you unwrap them all and so put them, it's basically this big poster, and they've all got this, you know, storytelling and those sorts of things. Um, and and it's beautiful design. It's very very creative. I love and Pete Brown, um, who was very very anti the Portman Group decision. Um, said, go out and drink as many uh, Lost and Granted running with scepters as you can. You won't be disappointed. While enjoying the beer, also check out the beautiful, strangely moving artwork. Um, and I, I agree with him. I found the artwork strangely moving. Uh, like, it's a really um, ethereal, evocative. But th the other side of me says, says, well, one of the reasons that it's strangely moving is because it is. Uh, Martin Cornell noted that it's very much like... Um, where the wild things Tigger. are. No, no, it's, it's very oh, much okay. like where the wild things are. And I look at it and it is basically like there is something no, about yeah. it. No, well, no, because it doesn't have yeah. the, the, the wild things, but, you know, there's a, a, a tiger holding a scepter in exactly the same way as Max is holding a um, scepter. But it's, it is it is evocative of childhood. Um, you know, it does take me back to a simpler time, um, which is a, a lot of what Lost and Grounded, I, I, I think, is saying. Um, but before we go too deep into the... Um, weeds uh, about what it means to people the, the the advertising standards for alcohol aren't does it appeal to children um, has it targeted children is it making children pick up and drink this particular beer or any beer the 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 test is does it have a reasonable capacity and i don't have the, the exact words in front of me but does it no have, but is it is it likely to be of strong appeal to children to, to, is it likely to be of appeal to children because as an industry we need to be very very careful that we don't open ourselves up to that notion that we're grooming the next generation of drinkers you know that the children we're normalizing alcohol for them or we're making you know drawing their attention to alcoholic products there's a whole lot caught up in that and you know it is conflicting when you see a beautiful design like that, but it's it's alcohol. And unfortunately, when you decide to be in the alcohol business, it is a special class of product 
and you have to accept operating as an alcohol business that you don't have the same freedoms that you might have if you were doing a whole lot of other things. Yeah, I think too the difficulty comes in, Matt, that you, you, we talk about strong appeal to children. Popular culture now kind of straddles. So if, take, for example, um, Toy Story. Is Toy Story a family movie? Is it a kid's movie? Is it an adult's movie? Like it's there's the elements of all sorts of different um, messages and depending on your level of maturity, you'll pick up different things. You know, it's, it's just an entertaining story. But if you're an adult, it, it you know, evokes all sorts of emotions about when you were a kid and, um, you know, moving on and, and maturing and all those sorts of things. So as society kind of blurs the lines, it's difficult to say this is a children's book. Don't use any kind of reference that might be construed as being from a, from a children's book. Um, but I think we should still be able to, um, you know, have nice artwork on our cans and that sort of thing. The, the other thing that comes into it walk too, to obviously, any bottle is shop, though, do you... But, but Pete, walk to any bottle shop and there is beautiful artwork, but it can be beautiful artwork that doesn't necessarily involve cartoons or things that can appeal to children. Um, yeah. You know, yes, it's harder. Yes, your um, freedom to design is a little bit curbed, but it, it's something that we need to be aware of. Even if it is just we don't want to open ourselves up to the allegation that we're targeting children um, with... The, the, the design we have to stop short and yes anyway pete so you, you, you i interrupted you were halfway through no that's right. i was just gonna say the other thing too is that it, it really sheds focus on uh you know the company decided not to work with the portman group advisory service to amend their product in line with the panel's ruling so this is one where it'll be interesting to see how the brewer standing up for their um uh, their opinion, their side of the story, if you like, uh, pans out. There is a lot of – I'm very conscious here because I found myself um, agreeing very strongly with Martin Cornell, um, who you know is something of a curmudgeon um, and you know, you sort of think, gee, I'd better check my own views because it, it sounds like an old man thing to say or it sounds like <laughs> – um, you know, is there a divide in the sensibilities or the values of the entire beer community? Um, and you, look, th- th- there are um, – but on on this case, and on this case, I'm quite happy to be out of step because I think it is one of those things that we need to be very wary. And for people that want to say they're not targeting children, you know, look at their intent, look at you know the beautiful designs. Um, you know, there is an element of 30 years ago there were um, jokes that were acceptably funny that just aren't today because we're much more aware of the impact that it can have you know there you know um there were employment practices that just aren't acceptable and they probably never were then but we weren't as conscious of it and i think that you know this is one of those things that we need to move with the times and just you know accept that alcohol is a special class of product um and you know uh, which again I'll, i'll bring that to the to the next one because australia had its own um, issue this week um, you know what WA Brewery Cheeky Monkey um, had a complaint made about it social media now I feel sorry for Cheeky Monkey again they are wonderful people they're not doing I don't think that they're doing anything with any malicious intent but there was a photograph of a uh, man sitting in a car in the driver's side drinking a beer now again absolutely no intent shown in the photo to drink and drive by the brewery but the other thing is that it is well accepted that drink driving is a is a social scourge, 
um, and we need to be very, very wary around our messaging. Um, and even if you've got somebody in the driver's seat of a car having a beer, yeah, there's a natural assumption that they're not just sort of sitting there checking out the view, that they've driven there and they're going to drive off. And whilst there's no implication that there's not a swag of empty tinnies around them to suggest that they've had too many or anything like that, driving and alcohol are probably best not associated in that way. No, and, and look, I believe the intention was because it was a combi van, because it was clearly, you know, with the beach in the background, it was, uh, you know, we've stopped here for the day, blah, blah, blah. If they'd done it sitting on the, you know, the the back, the open back of the, the combi van uh, or As if they pulled table, up for the night camping or exactly. at the picnic table with it, the it combi got, van yeah, in the they background. May have got the same, they may have got exactly the same um, uh, message across. But in a, you know, we've pulled up for the day and what better way to reward ourselves with, you know, we're going to watch this beautiful sunset and drink this brand of beer. And, and, and you have a camp, you have a campground to show that you're going to say, and, and yeah, look, it, it, it's one of those things. Yes, I don't think they were saying I'm going to get shit faced and then jump, you know, drive off. Yeah. But that's not the point. You know, the, 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 the fact that the finger can be pointed and. The ridiculous nature of this is that the complainant, again, it was a complainant, um, and they went to, you can't see based on where his leg is positioned, whether the handbrake is engaged or not, and whether he's still driving. The keys in the ignition, uh, yeah. And it goes into a ridiculous level of analysis that forces ABAC to go in. It's quite simple. Drinking and driving don't mix. Um, Think about, you know, it, it, it involves a change of thinking for brewers to sort of think about the messaging. And let's face it, that's what advertising is for, you know, because you can't convey everything about your brand. You know, um, you look at people who look a certain way to convey um, the image that your brand represents. Marketers are very, very aware of the power of symbolism and the subtle messaging that comes through an image. Um, and, this is just a, something else that they need to be aware of. They need to be aware of the potential negatives or the accusations that it can open you up to. Um, and it's like it's it, it, it's a negative. It, it's an unfortunate message that the brewing industry has to cop this on the chin. But alcohol is a special. I'll say it over and over. Um, it's a special class of product. You don't get can't blanch with your messaging. You need to be aware of these things. And if you don't. The government is going to regulate and you're going to see the sorts of nonsense that you see in other um, areas where you will get white cans um, and plain packaging. And in this particular case, we should note ABAC upheld the complaint, uh, noting that Cheeky Monkey did not mount any arguments defending the posts, and I believe they did just remove the... And the, absolute full credit to them, the and because, so, you know, they, well they are, you know, really good actors in this. It was an inadvertent thing. You know, again, you become a little bit... It, it's easy to become a little bit blinkered in what you're trying to say and not thinking of the negative, and that's why um, brewers need to be aware of the ABAC... Um, findings to understand the way ABAC thinks and the things that you need to consider in your marketing. Yep. Moving on, the New South Wales uh, launches the Indie Brewers Action Plan. The New South, Gov- New South Wales government has launched an independent brewers action plan designed to support the state's craft breweries to, quote, succeed domestically as well as crack international markets. So this is 
something similar, I guess, to what's very close to your heart, Matt, the Queensland uh, craft beer strategy, which was launched uh, 18 months or two years ago now. And this one will be looking specifically at skill shortages in the brewing industry, how to mitigate them with the help of the IBA, as well as producing a research paper with the New South Wales Treasury and analysing the economic impact of the sector in New South Wales as proof of concept to enable uh, governments to target its industry <laughs> development activities and help focus its future development efforts. Look, but yeah, so you mentioned the Queensland Craft Beer Strategy. We had a bit of a chuckle because they initially launched a plan to create a strategy. Um, which was very yes, Minister. So we're, we're going to announce our plan to create a strategy that maybe one day we'll actually do something in practice. Um, 18 months, two years down the track, um, that plan did become a strategy. The strategy, we, we've seen um, the uh, Brewers Lab. We've, we have seen um, not a lot of money spent. We haven't seen a lot of marketing, um, actual marketing, but it did represent craft brewers being recognised by their local government um, and craft brewers, um, you know, and the brewers associations having a seat at the table to speak to governments. I was quite excited to see the news that New South Wales had launched, um, you know, their action plan light. Um, and I, I, don't, I don't think that's what they called it, but it was, um, you know, a limited um, action plan. Because when you read it, there's a whole lot of words like committed to, developing, supporting, um, maximizing opportunities yeah providing information so there's there, there doesn't seem to be any new dollars it seems to be um well we we've got a couple of we're going, we're going to tell you about a lot of stuff that we've already got that, available that, that we're already done we're going to make you aware and how it applies to, to the brewers industry which again is basically what government should be doing and communicating mm. to industry anyway um the, i mean the big winner out of this once you actually read it isn't actually brewers um I get the feeling that the number of times the IBA cop to mention in the media release and the document that you know there it legitimises the Independent Brewers Association as being a entity that the government works with um, and that they've got a seat at the grown ups table. Yeah, lobbying and advocating. Yeah, yeah. So and you know connecting the industry to networks, tourism, research, education, training. We look forward to what those connections will bring in terms of meaningful benefits to brewers, but it certainly has some meaningful benefits to, to the Independent Brewers Association by uh, giving it credibility. Um, yeah, it's good that, yeah, it's good that there's a, a, a focus and there's a strategy in place. We'll um, wait to see with bated breath how the, it's... Uh, the, the, the risk always is out. in those cases, though, Pete, is that you can get advocacy lock you know, because you, you don't want to rattle a cage because you don't want to lose that seat. Um, so, you know, again, hopefully the, the IBA will continue to have a voice speaking out when there are things that they don't like because, you know, we, we have seen other industries where that has happened. Yeah. Now, our last story that we're going to cover for uh, this episode, Matt, Asahi offers to ditch brands for CUB deal. So Asahi has told the ACCC it will divest a number of cider and beer brands if the $16 billion CUB deal is allowed to go ahead. So the Japanese firm, and this has happened before, um, with, with takeovers and mergers and buyouts that, uh, you know, we, we, we shuffle the deck chairs a little bit. The Japanese firm has addressed competition concerns raised by the competition watchdog last year by offering to sell Strongbow, Bonamies and Little Cider, Little Green Cider brands, as well as Stella Artois and Beck's to purchases approved by the ACCC. The ACCC is now asking for industry views on the divestment plan, insisting it has not made a decision on the deal. Yeah, look, and, and everything is up in the air. Um, cider is a very small part of the market. I, mean, I think cider is 4% of the total beer market or you know, something like that. So beer is a much bigger um, volume. Um, so they're divesting cider, which makes up 
50%, their cider would make up over 50% of the cider market, but the cider market is 4% um, of the alcohol beverage the industry. category, yeah. So, and, and not growing fast. Um, beer is a substantial um, part of the market for them. So inter- I'll be interested to see whether there is any um, you know, submissions about divesting craft beer brands, for example, because quite apart yeah. from the brands that the, the merged entity has forged itself you know um you've got the asahi brands um there there were two imported i think bex which is again a a very minor um craft beer brand uh so a very minor premium premium brand um and there was one other um Stella Artois. Stella um again that's a little bit of a surprise it's a bit a bit more of a major brand um but it's also a european import that um, Asahi has its own range of European imports so it's not as if it, it's almost ridiculous that they would keep two AB InBev competitor products when they've got their own portfolio so the divesting themselves of those two brands doesn't really help the, the beer industry at all maybe provides you know Coopers will pick up um, Becks again or you know Coopers will pick up Becks or Stella Artois and Brew under contract um benefiting the big three doesn't substantially add to the the, the, the beer competition no and I, I just had a thought um rather than you know dump any existing product or you know have to offload it or whatever they might look at perhaps just relabeling it and they could possibly call rallying's labels stickers and packaging um <laughs> who also i don't know if you know matt uh, sponsor this podcast they could just pick up the phone and call 1300 852 235 and speak to the boys at uh, at rallying's um to see whether maybe you know there's some uh, relabeling or some shrink wrapping or something like that to uh move on the uh the products that they need to move. Yeah, uh, exactly. But as, before we made, uh, move off from that, Pete, um, but nicely, seamlessly done, but if you did want to rebrand and say that your Bex was now made at Cooper's, you could certainly uh, add that to the label with a shrink-wrapped uh, label. But um, I think that you know, the, the, the merger, the, the most interesting thing that's going to come out of it is what it means for if it does go ahead and they don't have to be divested, the fairly overwhelming portfolio of craft beer brands that the merged entity is going to have mountain goat green beacon four pines pirate life uh bolter cricketers arms which is is there yeah is there is there going to be room for all of those you know without increasing tap points that's going to be an interesting an interesting one to watch if they're they're not taking tack oh sorry did i say watch or wash watch yeah i think you said watch well i heard watch oh that's good no just that it just made me think of um blucher they're the makers of the world's first stainless steel drainage system, and they um, they welcome an entirely new range of hygienic and water-saving products. They do indeed, Pete, um, and they're a new advertiser. So we, we do welcome Blucher, um, and I, I find it very interesting that, you know, once upon a time, the sorts of ads that we would run would be for, you know, like our fantastic supporters um, at Crymalt. Um, but, yeah, so brewers, as they as hygiene and beer quality and the, you know, sort of the quality that comes out of their breweries they are increasingly looking to things like hygienic pro um the range of dynamic of drainage channel specifically designed for breweries is the most hygienic on the market with no right angles whatsoever so bacteria cannot grow but the major reason breweries such as little creatures and heineken choose to use hygienic pro is because the water saving capabilities which can reduce water consumption by up to 90 percent the roi is a no-brainer and we do have um, some you know, additional information in the show notes. So if you are a brewer and you're looking at expanding or just making sure that your business is more efficient and, you know, 
cleaner, so you're not getting those unexplainable infections in the brew house. Um, Blucher uh, Hygienic Pro is the site to look for. Look for it in the show notes. And we do thank them for their support. Uh, the last person that we need to thank for their support, because we're just about to dive into the mailbag, is our good friends at Beer Cartel. Everyone will get a – well, now – We've had some, you know, because a few of the uh, the stewards, and I'll, I'll give them all a general shout out and thank them very much for their um, uh, great work under very trying conditions um, in, in the heat up uh, up in Brisbane last week for the uh, for the awards. Um, but a lot of them do listen, and a lot of them do have uh, bar blades. But now, you know, with the coronavirus and everything, is there is there are there shipping issues, Matt? Are we going to need to move to something different, <laughs> or are we still have we still got some bar blades to give out? Uh, well, I don't, we, I don't we, want to promise. I don't want to promise all our letter writers I, a bar I blade if we can't mat, deliver. I do have beer mat bar blades, yeah. So um, we, we okay, so not a bruised news one, but you can get a, a beer mat one still. Yeah, That's yeah. all right. And uh, and of course, one of our letter writers deemed to be the letter of the week. Thanks to our very good friends at Beer Cartel, we'll receive a six pack of Australian independent craft beer. Don't forget, um, and this is important, review us on iTunes or flick us in an email to be in the draw. But the uh, the iTunes thing is very important because it does help other people find uh, Bruce Newsweek and uh, our other Beer as a Conversation podcasts. Absolutely. Don't forget, you can also join our Facebook group. Just search Radio Brews News and use the code word SOAPBOX. Now, and Matt, Pete, a couple of people did, have done that. Sorry, so Pete, just on yeah, yeah on on the um, rate review. Thank you to everyone that has, um, and some of them will be reading out um, this week. But also, uh, apparently, subscriptions um, really help us out. So it takes no effort at all if you can just whatever podcast. You know, if you're the sort of person that just goes looking for it, just hit subscribe. That goes back. That helps us out, and it it it, it all helps in helping people find us. Now, Matt, first of all, fast becoming our um, European correspondent, Josh Gable on the Facebook group, who's based over in France. Uh, So some good news here in France, coming in the form of the Independent Breweries Union. Um, It's worked on a law for transparency measures to clearly state the provenance of the beer, to stop big beer uh, rolling out, you know, uh, inverted commas, local brands that aren't really local. That said, I doubt it will have an impact on the purchasing habits of Jean Bleu. Um, Sorry that the post I'm sharing is in French. Um, but yeah, so Joe, Josh did, and I love Joe Blow, Jean Bleu. <laughs> but um, yeah, very interesting to see. You know, one of the things the Americans will call it socialism, but um, it, it it's you know, left unchecked. Businesses will push it as far as they can, um, and they will seek a competitive advantage. Once one business gets a competitive advantage from being a little bit dodgy in its marketing, it puts pressure on other businesses to follow suit. Um, in that uh, landscape, if the government doesn't step in and do something, um, small local businesses that are provenance for whom provenance matters are disadvantaged, and so they step in. Um, and I'll see if Joe can throw the link in because the Facebook group that um, Josh shared came up with a really like a handy little uh, Google Translate or a Facebook Translate. So it, it made it clear enough um, what it was. But, it, you know, I, th- I thought it was a, a fairly cool um, initiative. And that's what I love about our, our listeners, um, particularly those who are, are in markets other than, you know, the Direct Australia market, because it does give us uh, access to um, a broad range of opinions and thoughts and, um, and news items that we might not otherwise uh, find. So thank you very much, guys. Keep up the good work. And Another if you one, are a Jeremy. listener, yeah, so again, not plugging the Facebook group too much. If you are a listener and you're not on the Facebook group, there's some really good discussions going on. You know, there's a couple of uh, very engaged people and a lot of uh, lurkers, but, you know, 
there, there, people do weigh in when they have a, a, a specific knowledge um, about something or can answer a question. So it, it, it's yeah, and always always interesting for us to to look at the the range of, um, of, of differing opinions. And there are, <laughs> and if you're over. Um, a million beer reviews and people going meh overhyped or oh man this is awesome um, there is none of that in the Facebook group so that's um, it yeah. it's actively banned, um, well, it's Jeremy, actively Mc- banned Jeremy McMahon on the Facebook group um, this is talking about the Japanese beverage companies expanding into foreign markets and uh, his opinion was or his comment was in terms of craft beer I think Kieran have approached things smarter than the others both in the external market but also internally with part acquisition their own craft brewery arm, um, half-decent crafty beer range and tap marsh serving products to Japanese bars and restaurants. Unfortunately, they've been quite effective in stifling real Japanese craft beer getting a foothold. And I guess that just does show, you know, might is power, isn't it? You know, like the bigger you are, the harder it is to, or the easier it is to get your message out. And and, uh, it it shows that, yeah, the smaller Japanese craft breweries have have got to work a bit harder to be heard above the noise. That's no different to any other market, I guess, is it? No, no, it's it's no different. And one of the things that people always used to say um, 10 years ago is, you know, they would look at America or they would look at Japan and they would say, um, you know, if you're a small brewery, um, you know, if, if you're a niche brewery, you can, you know, Niches in in a country and what's Japan? Japan Japan's 150 million people, or is I think just so. Tokyo, however, but yeah. it's a but it's a yeah. Well, it's yeah, massive population for a joint that's about the size of Tasmania for a very small area. Um, and mm. you know, or in America, you know, like you, you you can be more niche in um those markets because it's much bigger population base in which to carve out your niche. So it was just an interesting perspective. Yeah. And just on that, yeah. um, just in my Facebook feed this morning, um, and I'll just call it up, uh, Stone um, Brewing. I was just going to bring that up to you before my uh, computer crashed, but um, offloading their tap room in... In Shanghai. Shanghai. Yeah, but so it's been it's been it has been temporarily closed due to coronavirus for the last couple of weeks, but they've now made that permanent. And I think um, Greg Cook was quoted as saying it was just getting too difficult to justify the um, investment into that market. But also, um, Rogue shuttered its Washington outpost. Now I don't know Issaquah. Yep. Issaquah. I W S A Q U A H. Somebody will uh, correct us on that. Issaquah opened in two thousand and one. Um, and it's closed. Um, the McKellar Los Angeles tap room has closed. And there was another big one. We covered one, uh, I can't remember which one, uh, a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? We did. But um, do, you, do, you think, do you think that is, is kind of just, and, and we're conscious of time and keeping you, you know, on the treadmill and all that sort of thing, guys, but just in winding up, is this sort of, are we becoming more hyper-local or micro-local? Uh, look, I, I, I think yeah. The, the, the people in the so if I want market, if I want rogue, I'll go to I'll go to Oregon. I'll go to the home rather than a tap room remote. I don't know. Uh, well, uh, the, the only other one that came out on the newswise today is the parent company of the Gordon Beer, Rock Bottom, and uh, um, has filed filed Chapter Eleven, which I think is allows them insolvency protection to restructure. Yeah, rather yeah. than Chapter Seven or whatever, the one the bankrupt one. Yeah, so it's one of the biggest um, beer barbecue businesses. Um, I don't. I, I know Gordon Bish as a chain of brew pubs, basically. But yeah, no, look, it's it, it, just one of those things. I don't know that Stone is purely coronavirus. I think it was the final nail. Um, but oh no, I, oh, no. Sorry, just to clarify, I I said from, quoted from the article that they had 
closed temporarily. Yes. Quoting quoting coronavirus, but they've now come out and said, we're going to make that permanent and for these other reasons as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But I look, and I just throw that in there because you only ever see in the mainstream media um, the stories when breweries are opening um, and you only ever see hype. I mean, so many product announcements um, are just hype driven and it can and the media um, and, and all of the talk about craft beer and the growth and the excitement when it's constantly in people's feed, it can leave the impression that the business is only going up. No one wants to talk when they close. No one wants to talk when their business is up for sale. And um, there are a number of craft breweries, if you search the business um, listings, there are a number of craft breweries uh, that are up that you have to sign a, you know, um, that are quietly for sale. On that the are market. quietly for sale. That you, you know, even if you ask you know, who it is or to, to find out, you have to sign a um, non-disclosure agreement um, because they don't want to, to be known. So, well, they don't want. Yeah, they don't want to frighten the horses. You don't, well, you, you don't want to frighten the horses. But the, end, the the net result of that is all of the news is everything is awesome. None of the news is, well, we're selling because we, it's harder than we thought. We didn't have the business skills that we thought. We, um, you know, we want to sell before we have to close. Um, yeah. And that can give a very distorted view of the craft beer industry. And my, my heart goes out to anybody, anybody that opens a brewery, they have my full backing. But as you know, Pete, you know, we spend a lot of our time talking to people who come, oh, I'm opening a craft brewery. And, you know, so saying, okay, are you sure you really want to do that? Because it's a hard, hard business, and you know. Well, don't forget, we've also had quite a few come up and say, um, "Thanks, we listen to the podcast all the time, and we were going to open craft brewery. <laughs> we've decided to just wait and see now because of you know what what you guys have sort of said, or you know the, the light that we've shone on it." If you love home brewing, sometimes it's better off staying just home. Be home just be a yeah. home brewer. Yeah. yeah. Yep, so, that's because it. The, the yeah because the the middle is getting find it very hard to to grow. Um, the, the big guys have retooled. Um, you know, after coming very slow to the craft beer game, they've retooled and are going full on into craft beer. Um, and a, a lot of small venues, depending on how you are structured, it can be very hard to make money. Yep. Sorry, I don't anyway, mean, didn't mean to end this on it. No, that's all right. No, that's right. We must away. Well, let's um, finish with uh, raising a glass to uh, all of the judges, all of the stewards who just work, as, as I say, so tirelessly to um, to get through the uh, 350-odd, no, 420-odd uh, entries at this year's Royal Queensland Beer Awards. And if you are up in Queensland or if you do get to um, – we, we'll have the, the catalogue of results in the show notes because a couple of um, – there's a couple of Victorian breweries that uh, I know picked up a gold um, who are obviously, you know, it, it's great for them to try to you – know, getting into – uh, Queensland markets and whatever, but if you are up in Queensland, um, get out there and support those those breweries and uh, and check out the ones that did well. Matt, thanks very much again, and thank you again for uh, for looking after us. It was good to catch up and, and just to sit out on the back deck there, watching the sunset and uh, and having right, a couple and get of to uh, a, quite a few breweries. Local we, beers. we got out to Springfield to check out the new ballistic out there. We uh, got to Brewdog. Brew we, we, we Brewdog, um, Brew Partners, yeah. Speaking the new of which. the new Stone and Wood um, Brew Pub in um, in the Valley there. It was good. Would it would have been nice to have more time to, to get out to a few more, but it was also great to, to catch up with um with the brewers themselves. 
always always good to rub shoulders and clink glasses with them. So thank you very much. Just a last uh, shout out to, um, I know that um, you, you need to go and the, the listeners have been told for the last half hour that um, we're finding it. Um, I wanted to just have a shout out to Zach Nelder, who sent us that lovely, um, did we read it out last week? But it was a really lovely review. Um, he's with Lost Palms and, you know, just said really lovely things about, you know, listening to the podcast and as a young person getting into the craft brewing industry um yes we're the two old blokes um of, of the beer industry but he still learned a lot about it it was really lovely to actually meet him at the awards yesterday um and it, it took me oh, a second because okay. like right. i was being introduced to somebody and suddenly i realized oh sack oh sack um and it was so that was very nice um and the only other thing i'll say and i'm very conscious of you know that how commercial we are these days that uh congratulations to ryan hopkins um who has just been named CEO of Yakima Chief Hops. Um, he was... Good, good friend of the program and a terrific bloke. A lovely, just a lovely bloke and, yeah, and a great appointment. A great appointment. Uh, lovely, lovely guy. Um, you can listen to some of his work uh, on our uh, work, um, a couple of the podcasts involving Yakima Chief. So, yeah. Did I hear, did I hear also, um, at, representing Yakima Chief Hops, is he going to be at IBD? I believe... Uh, well, up? again, I, I guess that's all up. Um, he's... Uh, I, I've spoken to... Um, Steph from Crymalt about catching up with him. Um, that was before the uh, appointment, but yeah, certainly um, we'll be catching up with him if he's there uh, as part of the IBD. Excellent. Matt, thanks again. And um, as we do every week, we reserve our most grateful thanks to all of you listeners for making all of this possible. And we look forward to seeing you again on the next episode of Brews Newsweek. Listening is one thing, reviewing is another. We'd be even more thankful if you did that. Don't forget to review. <laughs> review often. And we're out. I don't know. Can we say that? No, you can't review often. You can only do it once. <laughs> don't forget, if you like what we do here at Radio Brews News, you can help us out in a number of ways. You can sponsor the show either by a small monthly contribution or through a one-off donation. You'll find details in the show notes. You can also review us on iTunes or whatever your favourite podcasting service happens to be. Let us know what you think and help others find and discover our shows. Finally, you can tell us what you think about what's going on in the beer industry by emailing us at producer at brewsnews.com.au. All letters received will receive in return, as by way of thanks, a Brews News bottle opener. And thanks to our very good friends at Beer Cartel, the letter of the week will receive a mixed six-pack of great Australian beer. We love hearing your thoughts on the stories we cover because, as you may have heard, beer is a conversation. <laughs> <laughs>